Do you remember what it was like to be a kid and think the entire world was a game? Remember, you would go out on recess and everything was a game. And maybe you were playing in the bathtub or the shower and everything was a game. And everything in your life is a game. That's the way kids are designed. And really, it's the way humans are designed. But as adults, we kind of lost that childlike game mentality. What if we could just approach everything that's so serious and adult in our lives? Money, responsibilities. What if everything could just be a giant game? How different would our life be? So here's the big question. How do everyday people like us who didn't grow up wealthy and were not taught how to be wealthy in school, how are we supposed to learn to think, invest, and grow wealth like the top 1% without compromising our ethics and our values? My name is Jeremy Whaley. That was my big question. This podcast will give you the answers. You're listening to Think Rich Radio. Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Think Rich Radio. I am your host, Jeremy Whaley, and it's so fantastic to have you joining me for an episode that I think you're going to really enjoy. Not getting into anything deep in this episode. We're not going to talk about mindset. We're just going to go have a little bit of fun because I want to talk about some of the things that I got to teach my kids through the game of Monopoly and a lot of great stuff that I think you're going to enjoy as well. So I'm looking forward to sharing that in this episode. Before we get there, I want to remind you, my brand new program, Think Rich 2020, is now available. And I thought I would do something different. I've never done this before. But if you would like to get a copy, or it's not really a copy, you just get access to it. It's all online. It's you know pre-recorded. It's easy to access on your own, on demand. There's no live courses. You don't have to show up at any time. It works for your schedule. But if you'd like to get access to Think Rich 2020 and get access to this great train that we've put together for taking your mindset to another level, well, I want to give you a $200 discount. And there's only one way you can do this. This is a a discount that I, I never do it publicly. I've done it for my insiders, and I did it for a few early bird people. But just for you podcast listeners, if you use the coupon code MONOPOLY, M-O-N-O-P-O-L-Y, Monopoly, since we're talking about Monopoly today, I thought it would be a fun coupon code. And uh, just go to thinkrich2020.com, put in the coupon code Monopoly, and you can save $200 on Think Rich 2020. And, uh, you know, if you miss this episode, then you won't hear the coupon code. But if you listen to this episode, then you can have the coupon code. Obviously, Monopoly is the coupon code. Go to thinkrich2020.com coupon code Monopoly, and you can save $200 on the entire Think Rich 2020 program. Think back for a moment, if you can, to when you were a child, and do you remember playing the game Monopoly? I think it was one of the greatest games ever. It's an incredible game for teaching some of the principles of financial IQ. And it's a game that actually came out of really tough economic times. It was created during the Great Depression to teach finance. And of course, it stood the test of time. And it's a favorite game that I played as a child. Now my kids love playing it. And that's why it's hung around for 100 years. But anyway, a couple of nights ago, I had the opportunity to play with my kids. And they kind of lured me into playing. And as we were playing... This particular time, now that they're getting a little bit older, new lessons showed up. Lessons that I hadn't had the chance to teach them before, and it really turned into a very special game because I was able to teach them some really cool concepts in terms of finance, and I thought I'd share some of those with you in this episode. 
If you've heard much of my teachings, you know that I teach the concept that cash flow is king. It's the most important thing in finance to keep the cash flowing. And the place I learned this was actually in the game Monopoly. In the game of Monopoly, we start off, everybody starts off the same. You get about $1,500 and you roll the dice and you only get paid whenever you pass go. And if you pass go, you get to collect $200. So we start off living from paycheck to paycheck in the game. And a paycheck or a payday is passing go. But if you fail to pass go, then guess what happens? It hurts. You don't get paid. If you go directly to jail, you don't get paid. You sit out of the game, right? And so this is a great representation of a job. What do we do in the real world? In the real world, go to work and get your paycheck. And every time you pass go, every time you you know, get to the next two-week cycle or four-week cycle or whatever your pay cycle is, you get your paycheck. And of course, that's your job. That's your steady cash flow or your steady income. And as long as you have the cash flow, then you can stay in the game. You can stay in the game of monopoly as long as you have cash flow. You can stay in the game of life as long as you have cash flow until you get to the point where your expenses are too much. And of course, that's where the game starts to get interesting. So in the game, if you get sent to jail, you get taken out, you lose your cash flow. And in the game of life, if you can't go to work, if you can't uh, do your job, then you lose your cash flow and you sit on the sidelines for a little bit. Regardless of whether it's in the game or in real life, the lack of cash flow will sink your financial boat, using that metaphor. It will sink your ship. And so cash flow is king because we have to have the cash flowing. I like to say this, a person can live an entire lifetime without a net worth. And the truth is most people do. Most people live an entire lifetime without building a net worth, but nobody can survive even two or three weeks without cash flow. Cash flow is king. In the game of Monopoly, we all understand that money is fake. But what we fail to do is we fail to realize that in the game of life, money is also fake. Now, we fail to do that because we're actually tying to our hard-earned cash the efforts that we put into it. You know, if you're working a job and you get up every day early and you go into the office, you work, 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 and then they say, here's your payday, here's your $200, here's your pass-go, thank you very much. And now you got to survive on that money. And so since we're putting real time, real effort into earning the money, it has this tangibility to it that makes it feel really real, really real. But the reality is our currency is fake. All currency in the world is fake. There's no currency that I'm aware of that is still based on gold. And so no matter where you are on the planet, if you're using paper currency, it's fiat. It's fake. Now, what's interesting is in the game, there's no attachment to it. There's no emotional attachment to this money. It's just a game. And, you know, maybe you get upset because you're not winning the game. But after the game is done, you know, you just go back to life and everything's fine. How differently would you interact with money in the real world if you saw it as a game? If you realize that this is just paper. Yeah, you had to, you know, give some work up to get to your paper. But... You know, if you just saw paper money, like Monopoly money, 
And if you didn't live like it was life or death, but you had fun with it, how differently would you live your life? And then here's maybe a better question. How do you think the wealthiest people in the world, how do you think that they interact with their fake money? You think they hold on to it and really kiss it like you see in Scrooge McDuck and the DuckTales, remember that, where Scrooge was swimming in his gold? The answer is no, they don't, because they have a real healthy understanding that money comes and goes, and it's really not any different than the game of Monopoly. Money comes and goes. Money is actually fake. So where do we attach the emotion to it? We attach the emotion to it through through several things. Number one, we're putting real effort in to get the money. So that's the first place that we attach emotion to our real-world fiat currency. We're putting time and effort into getting it. And secondly, we attach our need to survival to this money. That's why fiat money in the real world, fake money in the real world, starts to have an emotional connection to it. And because it's recognized as a currency that we can actually use to buy and sell things, you know, we have this emotional connection to it. But if we're really honest with ourselves, fiat money is really no different than monopoly money. So what if we could approach our interactions with money like we did Monopoly. What if we could make it a game? What if we could have fun with making money and with spending money and with receiving money? How differently would you live your life? Now, the next thing I noticed in this game was my kids' reaction and their relationship with this fake money which up until now, I've never seen them behave this way. So it was interesting that they both started doing it at the same time. But in both cases, they were hoarding cash. They were both storing cash in a different way so that they could be prepared for when the big financial hits came. Um, They called it different things. One of them just was hiding it. He was sitting on his money. And the other one actually had two piles that he piled up and he called one his stack for buying houses and one his stack for Um, landing on other people's property. So he was kind of planning ahead and recognizing that he was going to have some expenses. And I thought that was good. I was proud of him for that. But he missed the most important thing, and that was to invest faster than everybody else. What they were doing is they were planning on the worst case scenario rather than investing for the best case scenario. So I found that really interesting. The other thing that was really interesting is they were focused on the biggest payday. They were really excited about passing go and getting their $200. And they were really excited about fighting over who could buy Boardwalk because, of course, Boardwalk has the biggest numbers on it. Now, how similar is this to our real life? How many people are fighting every week, every month for their paycheck, working so hard and getting so excited for that steady $200, pass go, here's your $200. You get to that, you know, weekly or bi-weekly pay cycle, and you're so excited about that because it's consistent and you know that money's coming, even though it's really not that much money. In the game of Monopoly, we look at it, we're like $200, that's nothing. In the game of life, it may be $2,000 or $4,000 or $8,000, but relatively speaking, it's still not really that much money. And then when we think about business and we think about investment, what do we look at? We look at the big one. We look at the boardwalk, the one that's really expensive to get, that has the biggest profits, the biggest payout, whenever you have it fully uh, developed, but it's the hardest one to get. And interestingly enough, as you'll learn in just a moment, it's not the best paying property. It just happens to have the biggest numbers associated. And so I found this behavior very interesting. I had not taught my kids how to do the buckets. 
I had not taught them any of that. And I thought it was really interesting that on their own, they gravitated in that way. And they gravitated to those two common behaviors that we even see adults doing. They gravitated to the consistency of the payday and they gravitated to the uh, the biggest payout on the board, which of course is boardwalk. Two very interesting behaviors that tell us a lot about ourselves as adults. The next lesson that we can take from Monopoly is the importance of increasing cash flow. So cash flow is king. We understand cash flow is king, but how do we increase cash flow? You see, in the game, everybody is equal in terms of passing go. As long as you're passing go, you're going to collect your $200. And sometimes you get to pass go a couple of extra times, right? Kind of get a little bonus. But what about when the expenses start going up? If you're not careful, the expenses start to outweigh the cash flow. So how do we offset that? And the only answer is to increase your cash flow. In the game of Monopoly, the only way to do that is to buy houses and to buy hotels. We start building houses, we start building hotels, and then whenever people land on our property, instead of getting $15 or $14 or whatever it is, we start to get $100 or we start to get $200. And of course, the more houses, the more hotels you have, the more your cash flow goes up. And then eventually there comes a point in the game when it's actually safer to sit out of the game. If you think about how a game of Monopoly goes, there comes a point when all the properties or a lot of the properties are built up and everywhere you land, it costs you $200 here and $300 there and $400 and maybe $1,000. And it's actually cheaper and safer to, to go to jail. Have you ever played a game of Monopoly and later in the game, when all the properties are built up, you'd rather just go sit in jail for a few turns because it's safe? That's a huge lesson from Monopoly. As our cash flow goes up and as we're starting to receive cash flow from the properties instead of the payday, it's safer to just sit out of the game. Now in the real world, what do we call that? We call that financial freedom. When you can actually sit at home or you can sit on the beach or somewhere else and not go to work and you make more money than you would if you were to go to the office and work your job, you've created financial freedom. In the game of Monopoly, the way that looks like is building up houses and building up hotels. That's how we increase cash flow. And the more cash flow we've increased, the better we can play the game and we can position ourselves to ultimately win. Now, one of the lessons I really did not expect I was gonna get to teach my kids in this game, but it came up this particular time, is the lesson of ROI or return on investment. And what my oldest son discovered is some houses pay better than others. Some houses in the game of Monopoly pay better than others. Now, here's what happened. My son had all of the red properties. That was Indiana and Illinois Avenue and all those red properties. And he also had all the green properties, North Carolina, Pennsylvania. But the green properties, if you look at the card, when you look at the rent, the houses, they pay more money. And so naturally, he thought, oh, I'm going to buy houses on my green properties, and I'm going to receive more money for it. And that way I can win the game. Well, he was a little low in cash, so he decided to liquidate all the houses he had already built on the red properties. Well, of course, you liquidate them at half the cash value. And then he turned around and he reinvested on the green properties. Now, in theory, there was a good logic to this. And for a nine-year-old, I was pretty proud of his logic. But what he failed to realize is the houses on the red properties only cost $150 per house. 
And the houses on the green properties cost $200 per house. Now compare that to the other side of the board. I had the cheap property. I made a point, as I always do in Monopoly, I made a point to buy up all the cheap land. So I had Connecticut, all the blues, all the little light blues, the Connecticut and uh, Oriental Avenues that are really cheap properties on that first side of the board. And then you turn the corner and you have St. James and the kind of the purple properties. Well, I can build houses on those blue properties for $50 a house. Now you go to the other side of the board, he's got these green properties. It's $200 per house. So whenever he finally lost the game, he was trying to figure out what he did wrong. And I showed him that, look, son, you can afford to, to put one house on your property for $200. I can afford three houses for $150. And then what that means is I can actually build up my four houses and my hotel much faster. Well, by the time I put a hotel on my blue property, I'm receiving $900 every time someone lands here. But in order for him to do that, he was going to have to you know, spend several thousand dollars that he didn't have. And so he was able to recognize and start to discover that the return on the investment, he didn't have to put as much money into the light blue property to get as much or better cash flow out of the houses and the, and the hotels. One of the biggest mistakes that people make in the game of Monopoly is they think that they should buy all the most expensive properties, the green properties and the boardwalk and the park place. But those properties will actually take so much to develop that it's cheaper and more efficient to buy up a lot more of the other properties and develop them first. Life is the same way, folks. Pay attention to the investments that you're making. Some people, get, they get all excited. Oh, I want to go buy Amazon stock or I want to buy Apple stock because, you know, these are the stocks that are, are soaring and they're just doing so fantastic. And look, I, I've bought these companies. I've traded these stocks myself. But when you have a stock that's trading for $1,500 a share or even four or $500 a share, and that stock might go up 20 or $30, but that's only a 10 or 15% move. And then you come back and you look at a stock that's trading for $50 a share. And if it goes up 10 or $15, well, that's a 30 or 40% move. And so there's an efficiency to the capital. And that's something that we can learn from the game of Monopoly. When you buy up that first side of the board, Baltic Avenue, Mediterranean, and then of course the light blues, the Connecticut and Oriental and whatever that other one is, that side of the board has the most efficient use of capital for the cost that it takes to actually buy a house. So it's a very important lesson, return on investment, better profit. Just because the other side of the board looks like it's expensive doesn't mean it has the best cash flow because the cost to improve it is so much higher. The final lesson that showed up in this game of Monopoly that I really didn't expect would show up, but it did, was the lesson of risk and reward. And here's what happened. It was late in the game. I owned a lot of property. I had a lot of houses and a lot of hotels. My older son had already, he had already folded. He was out of the game and he was sitting next to me just kind of watching it play out. My other son, my eight-year-old, he had a monopoly on all of the railroads, so every railroad cost $200. He owned all of the uh, utilities, and I think he had another set of property, but he didn't have it very developed. So I knew at this point that I was going to win the game, and I could tell because of the way that the game was going and whatnot. 
But my other son, he didn't know yet. He thought he was still in the game. He thought he had a chance. And so I told my older son, I whispered to him, I said, I could actually pay Noah, my middle child, I could pay him $200 every time I roll the dice and I would still win. So, of course, my son's curious. He's like, how, Dad? How can that be? How could you pay $200 every time and still win? And I showed him. I said, look, look at all the hotels that I've got, all these pieces of property. About every three or four or five rolls, your brother lands on one of these properties. And I get between $750 and over $1,000 every time he lands on one of these properties. So if I'm winning seven or eight hundred or thousand dollars every time and he hits it every four or five rolls i just need him to hit it about every four or five rolls and i could actually afford to spend two hundred dollars every time because the risk and the reward the ratio of what i'm losing whenever i pay two hundred dollars is so much less than the money that i'm making whenever i make the big payday when he lands on the hotels And so sure enough, we let it play out and I hit his railroads quite a few times and he hit some of my cheaper properties. Then he'd hit a big one and I'd keep paying his railroad out. And it took about 20 or 30 minutes for the whole thing to play out. But eventually there was no way he could keep up because of course his cash flow was not as high as my cash flow. Consequently, that meant his cash flow in was much lower than his cash flow out that he was having to pay me. So this is the lesson, folks. Whenever you're doing any investment, as long as the cash flow you make from the investment is greater than the risk you take with the investment, you're going to make money over time. I teach this with stock trading, and you can apply it to real estate or any kind of a business. If you get into a deal and your expected payout is at least three times what you expect to lose on the deal if the deal goes south, then you could actually lose on more deals than you win. And you're still going to make money over time. That is the lesson of risk and reward. It's one of the most valuable lessons an investor can learn. And right here in the game of Monopoly, it's displayed for you. So simple that a seven and eight and nine-year-old child can understand. My favorite part of this particular game that I got to play with my kids, at the end of everything, we talked about some of these lessons and we packed the whole game up and we were putting it away. And my oldest son says to me, Dad, is cash flow a real thing? And I said, yes, son, it is. Cash flow is the most important thing. And then I had the opportunity to talk to him about some of our rental properties and I mentioned some of the renters by name, people that he knows. And I said, you know this guy? You know how he comes by the house once a month and he drops off a check? He says, yeah, I know, Dad. I said, that's cash flow. You know this person over here? You know how they pay his money? Yeah, that's cash flow. We're taking houses. We have property. We put a house on it. We rent it out. And we get cash flow. Folks, here's the value of the game of Monopoly. It's so simple that a child can understand it. And it's so profound that an adult can discover 
an insight into our own interactions with money. Are we hoarding money? Are we spending it freely? How do we treat fiat money? The game will teach us. The game will show us. It's a reflection of ourselves. And it also will teach us financial IQ. It will teach us how to invest. Sure, it's a little different going and buying a house on Main Street than it is in the game of Monopoly. But the principles are there. So here's my challenge to you. Find a child. Find a grandkid, your own child, or somebody at your church or your street or somewhere. Find some kids, maybe some teenagers. Play some Monopoly this weekend. Play some Monopoly this weekend. See what you can learn. What lessons does it hold for you? Thanks for listening. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I hope you got a lot of great stuff from it. If you haven't done so already, please go over to the website, thinkrich2020.com. Thinkrich2020. That's 2020com Thinkrich2020.com. And use the coupon code MONOPOLY. Coupon code MONOPOLY. I'm not going to be doing this in every episode. I just thought it would be fun for this particular episode to give you that coupon code. You can save $200 off of uh, my great new training program, Think Rich 2020. I know you're going to really love it. So go check it out. And as always, if you haven't subscribed already to the podcast, then what are you thinking? Get over to Apple Podcasts or Google or Stitcher or iHeartRadio or wherever it is that you like to listen to podcasts. Get yourself subscribed so you get notified as soon as a new episode comes out. And of course, if you're on my email list, you can get a notification anyway. But just go ahead and get yourself subscribed and uh, tell your friends. Share it on social media. Go ahead and email it to people or just send them a text message. Say, hey, check this thing out. It's a really great podcast that will help you raise your financial IQ and learn to think like a top 1%. Thanks again for listening. You guys have a wonderful remainder to your week, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.